What's up, guys? So, D, I've been hearing you talk about the movie Blue Velvet for years now. And I figured I'll give it a shot and I'll watch it. So I just started watching it. Um, the guy just found the ear. Don't know what to think about it yet. Um, I'll call you guys back when I uh, finish the movie and let, and let you know my um, my opinion on it. Bye. Activate my curly hair stick. Initiate Jukla. Commence annoying commentary. Begin geek upload. System check complete. All systems operational in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Sick and Wrong, the podcast. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm your host, D. Simon. I'm Lance Wackerly, and you are watching Cosmos. <laughs> you should just speak in that breathy tone, that melodramatic breathy tone. D, of, uh, are you aware of Neil deGrasse many Tyson? wondrous, wonderful, wandering, wondersing, wonderful things in the podcasting Cosmos? <laughs> so wonderful. Have you taken a second out of your day to consider... How wonderful it is. Are we the master of the podcasting cosmos? <laughs> I'm the master of my Neil deGrasse Dyson impression. Wasn't that <laughs> spot on? So, Wanker, I'm, uh, as you can see, uh, I'm surprised you're not more concerned about my welfare, being that there have been a series of earthquakes here in the oh, I'm uh, Southern California area. I'm concerned that it's going to ta- delay the end of the podcast if there's an earthquake and you're going to have to jump under the podcasting table. Yeah, what would happen? I was thinking about that. You know, when we grew up in the Midwest, you know, they well, I guess it's technically the Midwest. I, you know, I, I grew up, my, my family moved around a lot before we went to South Africa. In South Africa, we had different kind of drills that we had. But um, like, okay, if the Africans start running in here, you need to hide in the closet. But uh, The in, safe room? But in the Midwest, it's a tornado Twister. Drills. Twisters. Twisters. It was twisters. Here, apparently, when you're a kid in uh, California, you have earthquake drills. I never had those. So what, what do you do in an earthquake? What do I do? Do you hide under your desk? <laughs> you're supposed to get into a doorway or your desk. Now, I've heard the doorway thing doesn't work. Why not? Well, they it's say structurally it's the most, strongest part of the house. I've heard you're supposed to run outside the house into a field. Uh, that would probably, I mean, you want to get someplace where shit is not going to fall on you. That's the point. Yeah, I guess that's, that's why you, you get into an open field. But if you're stuck in the house, you're supposed to, yeah, I guess get in a doorway or underneath something that you, yeah. that, that is strong enough to uh, support like a, a uh, like a, if the ceiling crashed in, it's just, I'm usually laying on the couch watching TV and I'm like, what in the fuck? And most most earthquakes that I've experienced down here that I've actually felt, and there's only been a few, all happened in the middle of the night. If there's a big earthquake and you're in bed with your girlfriend, are you, is that like a free pass to let let a fart go in bed? Because she's going to think the rumbling is is actually you mean the the sound of the farts part of the rumbling of the earthquake? Yeah, or that, or once she smells it, she's going to realize, and then you could be like, "Well, it's the shaking; it shook it out of me, or I was frightened." Maybe you could say, you know, this is one of the earthquakes that smell like shit. 
Is there a second? I think, I think a sewer pipe broke. <laughs> I think a sewer pipe broke underneath the house, and that's, that explains the shit smell. But then she's going to be like, well, shouldn't you go check that out? And you're like, nah. I'll call the <laughs> landlord tomorrow. Maybe he'll right. look at it. But yeah, yeah I wonder. How Once far you can you go? Door. Like, how many farts do you think you can let? Because those earthquakes only last like around twenty seconds. Well, there's that's what the there's aftershocks, right? It's <laughs> a time like, it. Who, who baby? Oh, one more, one more. <laughs> Come on, Mother Nature. You know, I didn't I even have you ever felt. Have you ever felt an earthquake? Yeah, of course. Yeah, okay, Not a well, big one. You know, the one that we had. So LA's in the past week, really. LA's had three. Apparently, there's one today. There was one yesterday night, and then there was one on uh, Tuesday, I think, Tuesday morning. Then one yeah. on Tuesday morning was a 4.7, which isn't necessarily that all that large, I guess. I mean, well, it's, it's logarithmic. So, like, a 5 is, like, twice as powerful as a 4, or maybe yeah. 10 times. And the one, what was the one that uh, – the Loma Prieta one that uh, just – completely destroyed so those are like san francisco 8.1s. and the one in chile i think was like a nine or something or an 8.7 <laughs> yeah the worst ones always happen in fucked up third world countries just because yeah that, there's that much more death and destruction because their buildings are made out of like glue <laughs> straw but yeah, yeah so it's only uh, t- 10 stories tall <laughs> we had this 4.7 cool. though and uh, I remember waking up, and this was on Tuesday. I woke up in the middle of the night, my whole bed shaking, just like, what the hell? Like, I was like, God, you know, I was in the middle of the best wet dream ever, and now it's ruined. But it just, <laughs> I woke up like that. And then, and then but yesterday, um, yesterday I was, uh, I think I was, I was getting off of work, and there was another one. Didn't even feel it at all. People said that was a 5.2. Where, are, do you know where these are centered? Because that's always important, right? Where the epicenter is. If it's like under, way underground, or out in the ocean, or... In fucking Burbank. Yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, so I guess maybe I was uh, too far away from the epicenter to feel it. What was but, your wet dream about? Well, it was actually about the uh, Monster Palooza show that I went to this afternoon. <laughs> I knew there was going to be, uh, I knew the. Uh, was there, Elvira the, there or something? Elvira was there, the uh, creature from the Black Lagoon, the chick that was in the creature from the Black Lagoon, who's oh, like she's 90. Hot. She's probably yeah, not she, hot she's anymore. Hot. <laughs> Uh, Warwick Davis was supposed to be there. He wasn't there. Man, I no think show. my wet dream might have Fucking been about Warwick Davis. What the hell does he have to do better than that? Yeah, I was wondering about that. But I think he he lives in England, probably. You know that guy has a family of like regular of sized people. Why wouldn't he? No, but they're they're regular sized. They're not dwarfs. <laughs> what would he be at the monster show for? For being Willow leprechaun. or an Ewok? Leprechaun. A leprechaun. Why wasn't he in uh, Game of Thrones? One? No, I, I was with wondering all the, why. Uh, with all the minions. Oh, the Muppet movie. <laughs> no, those are those are people's <laughs> hands. I keep telling you that. Uh, oh, they're not real. Time Bandits. Why wasn't he invited to be t- in Time he Bandits? He was too young. Work Davis. He's kind of a snub. Yeah, but he was too young. Was he? Yeah, I think. Because Willow, like, he was probably a teenager in Willow. A teenager? He was a teen in Willow. Oh, no, at least in his late 20s. No way. No way. You know way. that they're, the, they're that size for their whole life, right? Yeah. <laughs> might be confused. I do know that, but I think the thing is, you can't tell how old they are because they're so small. You so you look, look at, at him, you're like, well, you, I think you probably thought he was like, yeah, probably like 28 or 30 when he was a willow. He was only like probably 16 or 17. Huh. I think. I don't, I don't know for sure. I'm just. Uh... Maybe I'll have to go back and watch it again. <laughs> probably not, though. I, I just know he was young because uh, 
you know, he's still in movies today, and now, and I've, I think I read somewhere that he was only like in his forties. Didn't you do a show with uh, Ricky Gervais's yeah, pal? He was on uh, Extras. Yeah, but I think he had a spinoff, or it was just him. Oh, wasn't with, uh, with uh, Stephen Merchant. Merchant? Maybe he directed it, or wrote it, or was in it. Also, well, he wasn't even there at the Monster Palooza. All right, mm. so uh, I think his head is getting a little too big. You know who was in relation there? to his body, D. Snyder. <laughs> Who uh, has Snyder. always been a, uh, a an inspiration to me. It was it was kind of cool. I, I, I didn't get to talk to him. It was uh-huh. fifty bucks. Does he still to have the long picture. hair and everything? Yeah, it's kind of pulled back in a ponytail. You know, it was funny. I wanted to ask him about. Do you remember that movie he made about the body piercing? It was no. called was D. It a Snyder's Strange Land. No, it was a horror movie about this evil oh, piercer. Now that, that you we, say the name, I kind of remember it. I don't it think I ever saw it. One of the worst movies of the nineties. It made Leprechaun. It made Leprechaun look like The Godfather. It was so a bad. A lot of terrible movies in the nineties. This one was really bad, and it was like I think because piercing was sort of in vogue then. Maybe it was kind of in the rage back then. Everybody was getting piercings, and then you know now it's you know it's so passe. But at the time, people were really into it. People still thought it was kind of evil. You know, you're you're really pushing pushing the envelope by getting your your fucking lip pierced, your tongue pierced. But uh, he played this deranged piercer that would pierce your scrotum, you know, and he'd pierce your dick, and he'd pierce against your, your will, or because because a lot of people want their scrotum. No, pierced. against he would trap you, and you'd be stuck in his house, and he would just pierce you, like pierce you all over. Because like <laughs> he's an evil time. piercer. <laughs> Why wouldn't he just stab you like a normal mass murderer? Because he just wanted to pierce you. He wanted to make you look better. Make you look a little like more Like when he pierced your balls and then he'd like put it, oh, look at this is a nice gold hoop. And you'd be like, no, I'm in such pain. But it's got a diamond on it. <laughs> just keep putting jewelry on you. You like, know how you would look better me. if you had a tongue stud. I'm going to, let me pierce your tongue here. No, no. Literally, they know that like five years later, every kid's going to have his fucking tongue pierced. Yeah, he didn't. That I, movie probably didn't hold up too well. Because now everybody watches it just like, oh, that's really cool looking. No, I no, think, it's supposed to be horrifying. I think. Well, I think at the time, you know, it was still people were like, "Wow, it's so cutting edge to get to get pierced like that," and you were so shocking. And now people are like, "Oh, who cares?" Burning Man, dickhead. You know, the no girl really, who's the, uh, the nothing like, shocking anymore. The office manager at my job, she has that like weird, like, "Oh, do you have a bracelet on?" No, there's just a diamond like stuck onto your wrist somehow. How does that work? It's a subdermal implant. I don't get those. Is either. it a magnet? No, they they somehow like embed those into your skin. I'm not quite sure how that works. I guess it looks kind of cool, but uh, it doesn't seem like it. I don't know. Would be like good for you <laughs> long term. Would you be freaked out though if you passed out of D. Snyder's house and you just woke up and you had a bunch of like diamonds just embedded into your scrot? Like bejazzled <laughs> my balls. He he bejazzled. He bedazzled your scrotum. I, I think that's what D. Snyder actually. does now. You'd be stoked. Yeah, because think, I mean, you'd be like, you want to see my fucking diamond encrusted balls? Girls would have to be like, yeah, I kind of do. Nice. Thanks, D. Snyder. And then that could be, it could be like your new nickname, Diamond Balls. Diamond Balls. balls. Yeah. James Bond villain or something. You know who, you know who I'm surprised we haven't heard that has diamond balls? Vladimir Putin. (laughs) You know, we've heard there's, there's such a. He does. It's just other, it's his enemies. taped up on his wall yeah but there's such a mythology about that guy i know know, i think a lot of it's bullshit i think a lot of it is too but i think there's uh there's definitely reason to the to his rhyme i think i mean i'm loving this this whole 
not to just completely change the subject from Monster Palooza to Russia, but uh, Putin's kind of a monster. But I got to say, this whole Ukrainian crisis, I am loving this. I'm following it in the media. I think it's more interesting than the plane. Can you find that, the Ukraine on a map? Yeah, of course. So it's, it's, it's somewhere over there in that cold area. <laughs> well, I, can, I, can, I can get you in the general vicinity. I'm just, I couldn't find it, though, <laughs> if the area. map didn't have it labeled. But the, could you find the Crimean Peninsula? I'd be like, Peninsula? it's here in this region around it's, here. It's right next to Russia. and the, I still call it. The thing is, this is why I love it so much. I still call that area the USSR and the Soviet Union because, to me, they never broke up. The Soviets? It's still the Soviet Union. They're still Ruskies, and they're still our enemy. And what's nice about this whole thing is I think, personally, I think that's what Putin's trying to do. And me and John McCain oh, yeah, think no. this. Me and McCain think this. I think Mitt Romney's on board, that he's trying to rebuild the USSR. Yeah, you, I think he is. Do you think so? I think he said that. He well, said that in his speech last week. Well, he wasn't saying he was trying to rebuild the whole thing. You know and what's it, weird, though? Somebody put, Well, no, he did. I mean – in not so many words, but you had to read between the lines. He was talking about, like, you know, our common history. And uh, somebody pointed out that he brought up their common religious background, which, you know, is always a no-no under the – What are you saying? You mean Hardline the... Karl Marx-style socialism. Yeah, but with the, they're Russian Orthodox, right? Yeah. But Russian I think for, most, for the most part, most of them are atheists. I think during the Soviet Union, the communist era, during, like, Gorbachev's reign – I don't think you're allowed to practice any kind of religion. No, but you're crypto. You're crypto atheist or crypto Christian. You don't tell it. It's like the Jews did, and when they well, were, yeah, in, you know, well, Europe in the and the, the Jews 1600s. did that in, in Russia as well. Like they, uh, yeah, you're like, oh no, I'm a Christian. Yeah, and then you know, you're dropping your kids secretly. Yeah, the next you're day. you're uh, you know lighting the candles, cutting the bread. through a hole in the sheet. Yeah, just totally poking through a hole in the sheet. Hide the hole, hide the sheet with the hole in it. The Inquisition is at the door. The KGB's here. <laughs> but but it's funny though because you hear about Putin. There's just this whole mythology about this guy. Like he's a judo master. He you know rides bears. I think we were talking about this a couple weeks ago when you said that you think you could kick his ass, which I don't think would ever he's happen. He's an old man. Well, you know, they, I put a, I put a, I made a, a JPEG of this and I put it up on the website. Uh-huh. Or on the Facebook pages. Okay. For sick and wrong. And the what fans. Was the outcome? Yeah, the fans voted. Uh, you know, I didn't even tally it up. Oh, yeah. But a lot of them. I have a feeling I know what the outcome was. Well, no, a lot of them. The actually, winner! A lot of them. Well, a lot of them surprised me by saying they would totally, like, oh, I vote for the whack man. But then they yeah. got into this, like, weird homosexual type of definition of how you'd win. <laughs> like, which I was just like, okay. Any means necessary. You can't pull your punches when you're fighting a guy like Putin. But I I wonder though, with Putin, does he live up to this mythos that's that's going around about him? Well, he's. A, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like this whole like, oh, he's tough. I mean, the point is he has an army and he's willing to use it. Well, they. Well, that's if the you thing. fought Putin, his you know his secret service people would just murder you if you got the upper hand. And I think we're we're heading towards that direction. I know the uh, the U.S. media is is also loving this sensationalism and the reporting on this crisis. It's like, ah, oh, Russia's amassed sixty thousand troops on the border. They're poised, well, ready the, to strike. The right wing media, the left wing media, is not liking it so much. Well, no, they, well, of course not. But I do like the fact that they're instilling the red scare back in us because it's been so long since we've had a defined foe. I think, that, I think you're using the term the Red Scare wrong. No, the Red Scare. Yeah, but isn't the Red wasn't the Red Scare when you you're like you think that your neighbor is a communist? 
Well, that's the thing. We're, we're becoming paranoid. I don't think that's going to happen to you. Oh, how do you know? I think eventually <laughs> if this keeps going and if, if, uh, if, if this media st- keeps blowing up this reputation or fabricating this reputation of Putin or whatever you want to call it. What do they call that? The fifth column? Is that what it is? When There's you... some, there was some war in Central America or South America way back in the day and this, you know, this general had like four columns of troops going – and then he was like, "Oh, there's a fifth column. Oh, okay, okay, we got some more fighters." And it turned out like the the, the they are it was the opposing army pretending to be on his side, and then they just massacred everybody from, you know, behind the lines. I don't think Putin's that brilliant of a strategist. But that's what that's what I'm that, that's the term for when you're like, oh, you know, your their friends and neighbors could be communist, secret communists, and any day now they're going to turn on you. Manchurian candidate. Oh yeah. That guy didn't even know himself till he uh, until he got yeah. the code word. But, but that's what I'm saying. And if you think about it, that's when movies were great. That's when books were great. That's when the James Bond movies were great. They were epic because we had the Rocky. What was that Rocky? Yeah, who the 5? fuck does James? I haven't watched a James Bond movie in years. Who, who the fuck does he fight now? Like a dot com guy or something. Oh, I don't Jesus know. A guy Christ. that creates like a you know Mark Zuckerberg. That will be nice. Because you know? everybody yeah, – that's what all these movies do now is they're like, oh, these corporations are the evil ones. And be like, no, no, it's the Russians. The corporation guy's just trying to make money. Leave them alone. I just love that I, – I love that period of our lives, of our childhoods when it's like we had to live with the, with the scare that there could be a nuclear war. Duck and cover, yeah. Duck and cover. The arms race was going on. It's like – and then everybody – That knew. shit was real too. It wasn't a joke. Like you really did think like, well, any day now there might be a nuclear bomb and we'll all probably be dead. And people had bomb shelters, and they're prepared for this. The fallout. I mean, I just fallout. Lo- yeah, I just love. And you really that, thought that, that like, okay, if I don't die, I'll just be horribly poisoned and become a mutant. And, and then that's the thing. It's like I would have to exist in this world, just radioactive mutants wandering around, trying to like my, my bowels would probably fall out, disembowel me. But yeah, exactly. And, and I just think that 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 period of time, that uncertainty, that that fear, the anxiety. I miss having that, and now we're getting it back now. So it's like I've, I've been loving reading about this whole thing. I'm just like, yeah, Putin, good job on Crimea. You got the rest of Ukraine. Just get them. Let's, let's put the USSR back together. Let's make some good movies. Let's, let's have someone we can hate. The terrorists, you know, we've been this terrorist ever since 9-11. It's just, we, we well, don't know who they the, are. Why hasn't this come about with, you know, like China and Korea? There's not the same type of communists. Okay, well, North Korea, he's insane. Clearly insane. It's too small, though. It's it's also too small to even be considered a threat. China, I think we're he was just... going to launch a missile at us in California, but nobody ever believed it. Was no, work. it's not going to happen. I mean, we've seen. But Putin has the real deal: the ICBMs. And you know, Putin still has a nuclear arsenal. Of course, it's just been you know he's just been hiding it from everybody. No, I don't think he's been hiding it. I think they're they're one of those countries, you know, they like, well, whoa, we don't want proliferation, but that means you don't want new countries to get it. But you're like, yeah, obviously Russia has but shitloads of nukes. They're not dismantling their nukes. No. I think he's just like, oh, yeah. They we're... do. I mean, because they had so many, you know, they had like hundreds of th- tens of thousands. And every once in a while, America's like, well, we'll dis- destroy a hundred if you destroy a hundred. But ultimately, it's not even a dent. Yeah, well, I think that, and I think they also probably had like repli- like dummy bombs that they're like, oh yeah, this one, yeah, that's a nuke. That's one of our worst nukes here. It's okay, well, cardboard. That counts like for five nukes of yours. You're right. And then they negotiated nukes. You know what uh, I read the other day though? The a weapon that Putin does have at his disposal, and that they recently are trying to repurpose here: military dolphins. Mm. 
You heard about these? Military I dolphins? have heard about it. I don't, really, I don't go in the ocean, so I don't really care. These things, these things can be trained, though, and I don't think necessarily only in the ocean. Oh, it'll be like a land shark type of situation. One will knock on my door. <laughs> you never know. Come and they, they put like uh, they, they put uh, daggers on their heads, hmm. and they'll just come and uh, just totally just shank you, and then back into the water, swim away. No one has any idea, and then you're going to be like, "There's not oh. even footprints because it just sort of wriggled over like a snake." Well, does it can, wriggle over like a snake, or does it, walks it walk on its, on its flippers. flippers? Yeah, haven't you ever seen a dolphin walk on land? No. <laughs> You've never watched? What was that Hanna Barbera? What was that? Uh, Jabberjaw? Jabberjaw. What was he? A shark. Yeah, he was a shark. He could talk and everything. I think he could drive a car as well. But it is kind of strange. I read this article that uh, the Russians, since they've done this military takeover of Crimea, they've seized control of the Ukraine's Navy Dolphin Fleet. And it's like, I was thinking, like, why is there a Navy Dolphin Fleet? Who has a Navy Dolphin Fleet? And then, upon further reading here, we have a Navy Dolphin Fleet in San Diego. So we both have Navy dolphins, or military dolphins. Sounds like a waste of money. I don't, you know, I don't know because uh, this dolphin arms race started all the way back in the 1960s. When they don't the, have arms, though. I mean, just flippers. It's like a flipper race. Yeah, but they can be fitted with arms, not actual <laughs> arms, but uh, weapons, Armaments. munitions. Uh, <laughs> Back back in the sixties. Now that was when the U.S. and the Soviet those, was then. Do you think the sixties was the height of uh, of, of communism and then just being scared of, of, of this Russian fear? No, no. The height would have it was been probably in the McCarthy 80s. era, like the fifties. Well, the they did have the too. Bay, not the Bay of Pigs, but what was that other one? The Cuban Missile Crisis. That, that was in the sixties. That'd be pretty uh, crazy, right? Had to have been intense. It was like a that was like a standoff. Nothing like that happened in the eighties. What, what's the closest we've come to war? To oh, nuclear that war. That was the Cuban Missile Crisis, right? So that, and that was in That's the what we know about. There's probably shit going on, you know, that only the CIA and, like, the presidents knew about, right? And we had, uh, you know, think of uh, the movie Dr. Strangelove. That was, uh, when was that? The, was that the 50s and 60s? The, the, when the movie was made or the time period that's being portrayed? The time period that's being portrayed. I think that was the 60s. I feel like that movie was from the 70s, right? Or six, late 60s? I think it was the late 60s. But I think it was commenting on just the insanity of the arms race uh, well, between, between the two countries and the fear that was evoked. But also – but that's what I'm saying is I want that back. I want that fear back. Mutually assured destruction. Mutually assured destruction. The fact that, that they're actually willing to train dolphins – to uh, to be a weapon, it's it's insanity. And the U.S. it's you know the U.S. has a, a dolphin training facility in uh, San Diego. Yeah, they, yeah, the, they are uh, rapists, right? We've covered that before. Right. Well, I think that's exaggerated, but yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's they're not proven. nice. Is what I, I mean. People are always like, oh, flipper, and, and they're intelligent creatures. So I guess in the fifties, the Navy's Marine Mammal Program began training a whole menagerie of dolphins, beluga whales, sea lions, and other sea creatures for underwater tests. Beluga whales. About... <laughs> Dude, beluga whales are no joke. Specifically beluga whales. This is beluga, is beluga whale like technically really a dolphin? Is that what's going on? It's not really a whale? What's the difference? Who well, cares? Not, I, th I think they're still whales. I just don't think they're... Uh... You know, they're, they're, I don't think there was large. But you know how like, like a, a koala bear a is really a bear. Or something. It's like more of some kind of a crazy cat. That's what I'm asking. 
I, I, no, I, I think they're technically. I think they're. I don't know the difference. I don't they're mammal underwater. Well, why mammals. beluga whales? It just doesn't seem like. A, why not killer whales? Why not a fucking shark? I guess you, sharks aren't very smart, and you can't train them. Where you, I guess you can train. You know, dolphins like a mammal. Well, it said here they did actually consider sharks with military brain implants. Oh come on! <laughs> Those were considered at the time. The These motherfucking military scientists. Recently. I think that's they just great. do whatever they want for money. And but, some dumbass who's a politician and doesn't know fucking left from right is like, well, yeah, military shark sounds good. And the scientist is like, this is not going to work. <laughs> but it was the Fuck. agile and intelligent dolphin that uh, showed the most promise. We even well, used dolphins them in at Dom. least as smart as a dog. And, you know, they tra- train German shepherds to, like, work in the army. Uh, and to find mines. And that's basically what they were doing. Uh, you know, in, in Nam, the Navy had five dolphins that patrolled the waters and alerted sailors to swimming enemies trying to plant a bomb. <laughs> How would they alert them? You know, I, well, it says here uh, when they they're being trained in San Diego to d- detect mines, and when they're when they find a mine, they drop an acoustic transponder. So I don't know. I mean, maybe the dolphins. I mean, aren't there a lot of fuck? Can't you just breed a bunch of fucking dolphins and be like, hey, if you see a mine, go run into it and just blow yourself up? You know, they're saying here uh, the the Soviet dolphins. These are, this is the Russian dolphin training academy here. They, in addition to being able to detect mines like the, their American counterparts, they were trained to attack divers with harpoons or knives, and they also acted as marine kamikazes, carrying mines that they would just rub up on an enemy, enemy vessel. So they were just like probably just put a mine on their head and just, just straight into the ship. Yeah, why not do that? You just, you just strap a fake one, and then every time they run it into like the fake boat in the pool, you give them a fish to eat. And they're like, hot damn, this is great. And then what? you put the real one on, you're like, well, there's the boat. Were you like a <laughs> dolphin trainer? Oh, you're point? dead. Huh? Were you like a dolphin trainer? Like, how do you know how to do this? I just, I know animals. <laughs> <laughs> they basically just want food all the time. <laughs> and you what? just trick them with food. What are, what are you doing in Alameda? It's an island, isn't it? Is there, is there a dolphin a training Guard, academy there... going on there? Coast Guard. Trading them to go get you beer? Mm-hmm. That's how they, why they walk in their flippers. But yeah, I mean, it's the fact that they would even they would even train dolphins to do this. I mean, it, it's insane. Are it's you like appalled? We, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not appalled. I'm just saying the height of the uh, the paranoia. That's what I'm, that's what we're getting back now with uh, with with Putin, who's. Yeah. I mean, I, I doubt. I doubt in his rhetoric. He's actually come across saying, I'm planning to, to start the arms race again and reform the Soviet Union and become the communist state that you used to fear back in the 50s. I don't think that's his plan. What I don't, do you think I don't, his plan is? Well, I, I, think, um, you know, I think part of what he's trying to do is I think he's trying to um, frighten – or not even frighten. He's trying to build his image and, and intimidate the, the, the rest of the world. And make him think, make them think. It's, you know what it is? It's the rationality of irrationality. I think they think that this guy's completely insane, but there's a rationality to it. He thinks the fact that everybody thinks that he's insane, they're, they're kind of, you know, now I think the U.S. and you have, you have Mitt Romney and you have um, McCain saying like, oh, no, this guy, you know, he Obama's has the capability and the power. No, Obama said, Obama's actually being rational about it. Like Obama's being logical. He's like, you know what? They don't. 
Their, their country doesn't have... Like, he did any... call them a regional power, which was like a backhanded uh, compliment, I guess. Yeah, but, but yeah, a regional power. I don't think he considers them to be a nation. I don't think... A I, I don't, power. I don't, yeah, but I don't think he considers them to be what they were back in the 60s. A force to be reckoned with. I mean, think about it. Do you, I mean, do you really fear... What, do you fear what the, the state of Russia, the country of Russia at this point? No. Because they're because ultimately they are rational. I mean, it's the terror, it's the Muslim terror, which is uh, which is what would really scare me. Because you don't know what those crazy fuckers are going to do for the thirty-one virgins. Yeah, and they have no, and those guys have nothing to lose. I mean, Russia has a is a big country with infrastructure, and the and oligarchs they, are making money, so they're not going to do something crazy enough to turn off the money spigot. Oh, and they also produce fossil fuel and energy, and they, I mean, they're yeah, they're making the oligarchs are making millions of Borscht. dollars. Why? But why would they want to uh, compromise that and, and start up a? But well, they want to like, do what, just what enough they... to get more few, you know, natural resources. That's the, what they're and, and they're, that you just deal with. You're like, eh, how far are you willing to go to get one more oil field, and we'll just deal with that. Well, I mean, you, you, I, I wonder. But I wonder what Putin's plan is. I mean, why the why is he posturing like this? Well, he wants Crimea because it's a strategic like naval base for him. Yeah, but they're, they're now but now there's troops uh, amassed on the border of Crimea. Looking well, about he, the, you know, which about, which which way are they standing there? Uh, are they going or to, are they moving forward? That's are the, they that's going the to move forward? You, you wonder what is Putin's plan can't predict the future i don't know you know uh they they were planning to uh i guess uh, in recent years and now they might do it again because they because they uh, took over the dolphin training place in crimea they're going to announce an ambitious plan to train killer dolphins with knives on their heads <laughs> what if okay what if Putin... do you, st- you stick it in the hole or what they can't breathe if you do that i think they just take a bunch of duct tape and just just like duct stick tape it work to their, on dolphin skin beaks. it's probably some type of a harness yeah, I don't know. It's, they said they were going to disband the program. The Ukrainians were. But now that the Russians decided to take over, they, they intend to revitalize it. Which makes me think if, uh, you know, if, if, if Putin is planning to revitalize these esoteric military programs that are just completely nonsensical, what else is in that man's head? I wonder what other uh, ideas he has. Yakov Shmirnov might be revitalizing his comedy career. You know, he's somebody that could gain from this. This whole uh, yeah, yeah, he's probably psyched. Well, now he's got he's back in the spotlight. I mean, everyone's yeah. kind of forgotten about him. He's furiously like, writing a new act. Well, no, I mean, yeah, now it's like okay, we can have Russian jokes again because uh, because it's timely, it's current. I, he's I'm, like he's probably totally has lost his accent. He just sounds like a Los Angeles person. But he's like in Russia, in my country, you don't sound Russian. Get off the stage. Because <laughs> he's been living in L.A. for the past he, like, like defected two like 40 years ago. <laughs> Did you he, ever see... have... he can just go back and come back here as he pleases. Did you ever see that video of the Bears playing ice hockey? The Russian Bears playing ice hockey? Not until you just showed it to me before the show. So, okay. If they can do that with Bears, they could teach Bears to put on ice skates... And play ice hockey. Hold sticks and play ice hockey. Yeah. Why not train train an army of bears to well, take over the Ukraine? There's a lot of tor- bear torture involved in that hockey game. The Russians, but Russians do. I mean, do. Have you seen some of the training capabilities of the Russians? Bear training. Oh, 
Well, I've seen Rocky Four. Is there a bear in that? No, but they had a lot of high tech training. Remember? Oh yeah, but uh, but, was, they, but there's they, a big the, montage of Rocky training like in some shitty cabin in the woods. In the snow, and then Ivan Drago has got, like, the computer-controlled punch monitor. Yeah, he had the high-tech punch monitor and the steroids that he was using. Yeah. I think they, they, they don't care. They'll give everybody steroids over there. They give the bears steroids. Give the dolphins steroids. I think they use the give same Yakov technology. Give Yakov some steroids. Would you be opposed yeah. if uh, Obama suggested, okay, well, we have some dolphins. You guys have some dolphins. I just don't see how useful the dolphins are. But let's anymore, just say in this day and age. But let's just say if it came to the point that where the dolphins arms race was growing to the point where it's like we're about to go to war, why not just let the dolphins fight it out? You always have this idea where there's some proxy. It's like a movie where it's like, well, let's just have a video game competition, and whoever wins, they'll be the champion. Why not? That's how war really works. I think because if, if you have a giant army and you say, well, we'll just flip a coin. And you lose the coin toss, and you're like, yeah, my army's still going to try and blow your ass up. I guess. Yeah, not, I mean, so, not so psyched about losing the coin toss. Not so psyched about losing the dolphin match. But back in the day, feuding kings would decide it with a, you know, knights fighting for them. Yeah, I think that's fake, too. <laughs> like where your <laughs> champion comes out and fights their champion, and if they their champion beats your champion, you're like, oh, all right, come in the city and rape all the women and take all our shit. Bye. I guess our guy wasn't tough enough. Why not just you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just closing the gate again. And we'll continue to just bombard your ass with catapults. I'm just saying there'd be a lot less human bloodshed if we let the dolphins fight. Anyway, I'm looking forward to uh, having a whole new uh, period of good cinema and good books. It's like we're going to have the, the, the Red Scare will be back. We can't trust our neighbor. You're going to have to build a fallout shelter in the uh, back of the Wackerly Mansion. Yeah, sick and wrong is going to have to be moved below ground now because uh, that's what we're going to have well, to transmit. I mean, all the yeah, all the transmitter towers and and news stations will be wiped out, and all media will be podcasts, hand to hand passing back and forth of little thumb drives. Yeah, and that's and that's people. going to be the future of media. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they're going to get such factual reporting like we're able to offer now. We're not going to sell many T-shirts because. There would be no post the office. Whole monetary system will be wiped out, and the post office will be gone. But, but maybe of, like a Kevin Costner character will come back on a horse the to deliver man. the sick and wrong merch <laughs> to the people. <laughs> anyway, people, this is episode four twenty five here. Sick and wrong. Uh, you know the way the show works. Send us your news stories. We'll read them here on the show. If we give you credit, we'll send you a sick and wrong care package. You can send it to sick and wrong podcast at hotmail dot com or submit via Facebook or the Twitters. Uh, we got a few good ones here for this episode. Before we get to our first story, here's a word from adamandeve.com. Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to adamandeve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukkake. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So we had quite a few listeners here send in this story. Um, but the, the, the first guy that got it to me sent it via Facebook, and he sent it the proper way on Facebook. He didn't post it to my fucking page like you other assholes. He actually sent it through Facebook email. 
uh, this guy, Ross here, sent it to uh, via Facebook mail or email, and I got it. And I'm going to give you the credit there, Ross. So thanks for sending this story in. Uh, he just says, keep it sick, keep it wrong. It's a very popular story coming out of the UK. Father builds guillotine and chops off his own hand in a bid to end years of agony after accident left him in pain. Uh, but doctors, uh, but I, and doctors refuse to help. And the worst part about it, it still hurts. He's still <laughs> in pain. pain. The guy Phantom chopped pain. his hand off with a homemade guillotine, and uh, it still hurts. I'm going to call this from, from this point on. I'm going to just call him Gillies because uh, guillotine is just, I don't know, it's kind of a pretentious way to say it. Oh, guillotine. I know, it's so French. I know. I'm just going to call him Gillies. So this guy made his own ghillie. <laughs> Stole that from Tim and Eric, by the way. Uh, the the Crimbus special, which I highly recommend. Uh, one of the characters makes his own gillies. And uh, uh, I didn't realize they're so easy to make. I guess they are. doesn't seem like it'd be that complicated. Well, I think the hardest part is sharpening the blade. You have to get it nice and sharp. And you also, I think you have to weight the blade to make sure it falls like hard, you know, with, with enough weight to actually sever your appendage. We'll just put a cinder block on the top of it. Do, do you think that would give you enough weight to like chop through bone? <laughs> Put two cinder blocks on top of it. <laughs> I guess you could put two cinder blocks. But then you need to build it large enough to accommodate those two cinder blocks. Right. But this guy's just chopping off his hand. Yeah. Not his entire head. He doesn't need a he yeah, he doesn't need like a, a massive gill. Although it seems like maybe the bones in your arm are harder to cut through than the bones in your your the bones in your neck are already pre segmented. Yeah, but you're cutting through your spine, your spinal column. I know, but it's already little pieces of bone. Whereas your arm, I mean, did he cut through his wrist bones or like through the actual radius and ulna? I think it was his his wrist. I don't think he went through like the radius and the ulna. From the pictures. I'm just looking at the pictures. Just, he's oh, just missing pictures. his hand. Oh, yeah, it's great. I'll to, oh, we'll post them to the, uh, the website. You should have put that shit on YouTube, like the entire video. Now that would have got him some, that would have went viral for sure. A motorcycle I bet you crash. Been taken down. They probably have an anti-gore policy. Yeah, but you could post it to Break.com or Ebombs or something. Sure. A motorcycle crash victim amputated his injured hand with a homemade guillotine to end 16 years of unbearable pain. Yo, Gilly, homemade Gilly. Uh, Mark Goddard, 44, says he was driven to cut it off because the NHS refused to do it, and then he even burned the severed limb to ensure surgeons could not reattach it. It's thorough, this guy. Plans ahead. So it took a fortnight to build the ghillie using an axe, some springs, and an old gate post. A spring? An axe, some springs, and an old gate post. What's the spring for? This is like some next generation ghillie action. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he didn't have a picture of the ghillie, but so he used just an old gate post. Yeah, why would he have springs? I don't know. Hmm. Uh, it Maybe us, we have an outdated uh, image in our minds of the ghillie. Well, I'm just wondering, like, if this... Because I'm, I'm picturing that ghillie that they used back, you know, in, during the... Uh, the French time. Yeah, the French times, when they would execute prisoners. They used them in England, too. I think England was more into the hanging. No, I think they used ghillies. <laughs> I don't think they used ghillies in the U.S., even though I think they should. But uh, I'm yeah, pro-ghillie. It definitely was a French method of execution. Um, but this guy, he didn't even use a, a blade. It was just an axe. Well, an axe blade. Well, an axe blade, I guess. But it's not, you know, the ghillie blade, wasn't it just like a, like almost like a, a massive razor blade? 
Well, I mean, look at the Metal Blade record label. That's what it looked like. I guess it did. <laughs> it's a ghillie. I'm a, the Metal Blade from Metal there Blade is Records a metal, is the ghillie yeah, there's blade. A ghillie. But this is like, a, I mean, this is a do-it-yourself type of ghillie. Right. And this guy just took an old gay pose. I still don't know what together. the spring does, though. I don't know. I don't understand it either. But what's funny about this to me is so the, he did this do-it-yourself amputation in his garden. He like Garden uh, just means yard. Well, I think he had a shed back there. It says yeah, here he had a shed. They call those. They call. I think they call sheds in the UK summer houses. Like in the summer, you're just like, I'm going to go live in this dirt, dirty, dank shed. <laughs> he well, he planned this. He was uh, when his wife was away. He would assemble the, uh, the 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 axe and he assembled the whole ghillie just in the shed. I like it when men hide shit from their wives in the shed. Well, in their in their workspace. Did your dad do that? Did your dad have a hobby that he had to like go in the garage and build? Was uh, he one of those? Yeah, type of dads? no, my dad still does that. I mean, he has like a full blown, you know, all the power tools type workshop. Yeah, he, my dad you... had a full ass. My dad has a full on fucking barn when I was like really young. But would he a big get, ass barn? Would he like just kind of get up and be like, "Okay, honey, I'll be in the shed. I'll be in the shop." The barn. He just go back in there for hours. Oh, yeah, just all day long. Did you know what he was doing? Did you ever, were you curious? Oh, you no, know, it wasn't, yeah. I mean, he was building, like, you know. A ghillie? Another shed. <laughs> Never a ghillie. Well, I'm just wondering what's going on back there. If, like, uh, is he just sitting in there jacking off to, like, some old hustlers? Or is he actually doing no, work? No, because I, I would have found the hustlers, obviously. So, so he hustlers. must have been building a treehouse or something? Maybe. And the rabbi was, did not. What was the rabbi doing? The rabbi did not have a workshop. The rabbi had to study, and there was just Jewish books in there. Uh, well, so, so you think. Well, wow. You know, he wasn't jacking it in there. And he probably was. <laughs> on two uh, stories of Moses. Um, so, yeah. So here, you know, this guy had his own hobby. His hobby was building ghillies in his shed. Well, it wasn't his hobby. It was, I mean, he was... It was his medical procedure. Do it, do it yourself. Yeah, but he might have built ghillies, though, for you know a period of time. This might have been just his hobby, and then finally he's like, you know what? I'm gonna. This is the ghillie I'm going to use to cut my hand off. He did it in his garden, carried out without any anesthetic, but it failed to take away the pain that's tormented him since he's been 28 years old. How um, old is he now? 44. He's been living with quite a few, quite a few years. He's been living in severe pain. It all started after a, a motorbike accident in 1998, left him with severe nerve damage. Got to watch out for that, Wackerly. Now that you're yeah, a biker, I'm careful. So this severe pain began after this motorcycle accident, but doctors refused to operate because they considered his hand and wrist completely healthy. They said uh, they, they told him <laughs> right wrist or left wrist. It was his left wrist. It was left. Oh, thank God. Um, Goddard said, I should not have to go to such extreme pains or extremes to get my pain stopped. He said, I got rid of it because they told me that they had problems amputating my arm with a good hand on it. So I took it off myself and now there's no reason why they can't operate. But he still has the pain. So he's talking like he took matters into his own hands and solved it, but he didn't solve it. I think so maybe goal- they're like, see, that's why we didn't amputate it. Cause it still hurts. You son of a bitch. He wants the arm removed at the elbow. So now he's thinking... You know what? I'll take it off the elbow if you don't do it. He's giving them an ultimatum. He says Next that you if- should try, and, try a hunger strike because, you know, you can always eat later. You can't reattach your hand. He goes, I've told them that if nothing is done, I'll take the arm off above the elbow myself. I've given them until the end of December. I like how he's just, he's just solidly committed to the ghillie plan. 
Yeah, and and just and he's also, I mean, think about it. This guy just has no fear. Like he's just, you know, he's he's like, okay, you know what? I uh, have firm convictions that this ghillie's going to work. It's going to chop my hand off, and then I'm going to have the doctors going to have to operate on it. Yeah, I mean, he even burned the appendage. Wow, like Rambo. Yeah, no, this guy Does is that really do anything? tough as nails. Seems like it would actually complicate matters, but, the, you know, they're always doing it in movies. Yeah. Like, oh, I had to operate on myself. No, I'll just give myself a third-degree burn. <laughs> That'll make it better. What? <laughs> that seems like a bad idea. He waited till his wife left the house to go clean the car. Then he just went down. He planned everything out. Just went down to the ghillie, stuck his hand in there, chopped it off. He says that... Uh, I'm sure there's just blood spurting everywhere. Yeah, he says he didn't think it would work because he didn't feel anything. But then he looked down and could see the bone cut through. There are little flesh and tendons still there, so I used a scalpel to remove them. That was the painful bit. Then I used three bandages and cable ties to contain the blood before scalding the artery. This guy is Rambo. He's the English Rambo. Yeah. Um, he said he then texted his wife to call an ambulance and went inside to tell her because she just came home from watching the car what he had done. And she was completely horrified. There's blood sure they everywhere. Have a great relationship. <laughs> There's blood everywhere. Look what I done, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I went in to go tell the missus I just cut my hand off. Um, she yeah. was horrified. She had to get a hose out to hose down all the blood in the mess. Do <laughs> you think that's going to affect the sex life? I don't know. Uh, he lost two pints of blood. His, you know, her, uh, her right titty is going to be neglected <laughs> yeah he's not going to be able to grope her anymore when he's drunk mm. on stella um he lost two pints of blood but uh paramedics were able to That's stabilize him but they couldn't reattach the hand because it'd been so badly burnt it could be saved <laughs> <laughs> wait he burnt the hand that's, yeah, already, that's a lost cause. We, he chopped his hand off and then just burnt it so doctors couldn't reattach it even if that's what they wanted to do huh um, I guess he, previously he tried to use a knife to remove his hand, but only managed to sever uh, three tendons in the nerve. You know, seriously, this guy needs a hobby. This guy is a nutter. No, this guy is a complete nutter. And he says now, this is what his response is, there should have been never any need for me to do this. It would have spared so much distress all around, but it was the only way. At least if I do have the treatment it, I need, it will uh, give me and my family our lives back. Do you really think your life would be taken, your life would be really that uh, affected by this? I'd be like, yeah, my dad's a fucking psycho. It's like, hey, well, where's dad? I don't know. Psycho dad's in the in the shed building another ghillie. I know. Well, you wouldn't fuck with him because he'd be like, you'd wake up in the middle of the night and, uh, you know, you'd have the ghillie around your cock. <laughs> I just, he's the type of dad, though, that you'd wake up in the middle of the night, you hear something, you bump in your room, you turn the light on, he's just right above you staring at you with a ghillie, a homemade ghillie. Yeah. Now, this guy's scary. He's scary. I wonder where this guy stops. So he, he, he hacks off his hand, hacks it off at the elbow. He's still in pain. Does he do the other hand? Does he do the whole arm? No, because how are you going to operate the ghillie without a hand? I don't know. Foot, I just, a I think operated this, ghillie? I think this guy's an amputee fetishist. That could be true also. You know, remember, I think we covered that years ago. Yeah. Well, who knows? We'll have to see where we'll have to see what happens with this guy. What do you have here for the second story? Um, 
I was going to do – there wasn't another NIH story, but I chose to go with the American – not American Airlines, but the American story about an airline. It's actually Delta. Did you say you flew Delta recently? Yeah, actually. I was in San Francisco last weekend, and we took Delta. It's an Delta is one of those airlines that you think – like isn't Delta out? Of, didn't they go bankrupt? Aren't they gone? Like with Pan Am and all those other airlines that are no longer U.S. Air. I gotta say, you know, the Delta gets a lot of criticism uh, levied towards it because it does kind of suck. It's an older airline. You know, it's a, the 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 planes. You know, they, there's no like TV screens. You can't watch cable. You can't watch movies. There's no right. like in-flight TV programming. You, you can't get on. Actually, I do think you can get online now if you pay for it. Yeah, there's still people smoking on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> you can so there's a little ashtray in the armrest. Yeah. But it's an older airplane. But I gotta say, yeah, this this last thing they're on time, uh, better than the last several uh, trips I've taken with yeah, Virgin. But that's all just left up to chance. Happenstance, yeah, you never really know. But it is an older airline. Does this guy that sent, who sent it in? Someone sent it in that actually works for for Delta. No, he's a firefighter. Uh, a steward uh, in Atlanta. <laughs> I think he's he actually guy. asked if this is future you flying to Utah. Oh, interesting. Because it it's a flight from Los Angeles to Utah. Uh, and just Delta, I wanted to point out, it just seems like the kind of airline that a child molester would fly. Hmm. I only fly Delta. I could see that. They have a special toilet that I like. <laughs> or the seats are just wide enough for them to be able to get their dicks out without being noticed. Yeah, right. This guy's 66 years old, which is also the other thing. Like, old people. I've always flown Delta since the 50s. Like, they think it matters. There like were a lot of airlines people better than another. Yeah. Uh, his name's Hans Lautermilk, which sounds very foreign. Kind of. It also sounds like some kind of weird German, like, shies up porn star. Right. Hans Lautermilk. Nihilist. What was it? Yeah, from uh, Big Lebowski. What was that movie that... Uh... Was he making a, a porn movie? Log jamming. Log jamming. Starring Hans Lautermilk. Yeah. This guy actually works in movies. He's a prop maker uh, slash carpenter, which I guess in, if you live in Los Angeles, that's a real job. Anywhere else, they'd be like, oh, so you're unemployed and are on welfare. Yeah, because you, you make props for community theater, theatrical productions. Right. Whereas, no, seriously, like at the Monster Palooza, it was just all these special effects prop guys. Like yeah. this is their convention to show I don't their think wares. This guy's, I mean, this guy's like a set maker. I think. I don't think he's, uh, you know, he's not the next Tom Savini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, actually, Tom Savini was there. Saw him today. Oh, that's pretty sweet. I would have liked to met him. Do you think that uh, and and Eddie Munster, by the way? Um, do you don't think care. that this guy hates CG? Yes, because computer generated images just put him out yeah. of a job. Right. He likes to build, you know, like the inside of a spaceship that's made out of plywood. He These want... green screens have taken my work, <laughs> my career. Uh, he's on a vacation. He's traveling all over. But in this segment, he was going from Los Angeles to Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, where a lot of Mormons live. Not that that matters. It's only a 90-minute flight. And he boarded the plane and he stood in the aisle and asked uh, a girl who was in his row was in the aisle seat if she would move to the middle seat so he could take the aisle seat where, where was she, she did sitting? move 
Where was he sitting? I guess he was going to have the aisle seat. Delta is one of those airlines where you have an assigned seat, right? Yeah, you have an assigned Like your seat. ticket says row 32 seat F, and yeah, that's where you're supposed to fucking sit. But these fucking old people, not even this, I'm not even, not even specifically this guy. I'm in, I'm impugning all senior citizens. They're like, oh, young lady, can you sit in the middle? No, fuck you. You got, you bought your seat. You, you got that seat because you waited too long or you're just a fucking dumbass. But I'm old in my, no, the aisle seat is better than the middle seat. That's why I got this seat. Yeah, but part of the thing is the fucking middle. It's an old person who just is completely incontinent, and they got to keep getting up. I don't give a fuck. You would keep moving so they could yep. just get up, and you know yeah. the way they get up. The middle seat is hell. You really want some old guy to put his floppy nutsack like on your knees while he's getting? No, I'll get up. Go- I'll get up. I'll get up and stand the arm. Be like, all right, <laughs> go, sir. Next time, think about wearing some Depend. <laughs> I'm not fucking moving. I like the window seat. That's where so I. So do I. But nobody likes the middle seat. It sucks. I don't get so this girl was sitting in the aisle seat. He asked yep. her to move over one so he could get the aisle and, and she would yeah, sit in the middle. Exactly. What a presumptuous cock. Yeah, what a dick. He's only sixty six too. I mean really? Is that even senior now? Uh it's not that much older than us. A couple yeah. decades. These fucking, you know, they're retired. He's 66. They're like living it up, traveling around. Oh, I'm traveling on the plane and going on vacation. Like you're not even a senior. If he was 86, then maybe I might be like, all right, old man. Just take the fucking ILC. This is your last flight you're ever going to take and then you're going to die. So, okay. So if a, a an infirmed 70-year-old man was on the Muni bus and asked you to move, if he could sit down, you wouldn't move? No, no. That's totally different. <laughs> There's no assigned seats on the bus. Yes, I will give my seat to an old guy. And that's, you know, standing up. Like, I'll just stand and you can sit here and this fucking trip is 10 minutes long. Who gives a shit? But for a five-hour flight. For nine, only even 90 minutes. I'm not sitting in the goddamn middle unless I was the unless I specifically got fucked and got the middle seat. <laughs> it's a matter of principle. Yeah, and nobody's making that old man stand. He had a seat. It's just no. the shitty middle seat. Sorry. Should have booked. Should have booked your ticket maybe a couple weeks in advance. <laughs> Snooze, you lose. Right. If it and if it was an old man and I had the middle seat and he wanted to sit next to his old shitty wife, I would and wanted that. to give me the aisle. Sure. But just the the middle seat is the worst seat on a plane. It's terrible. I hate also, I hate having to try to fight for the armrest because you're not. Why don't get people both know the them. fucking rule? If you're in the middle, you get both armrests. You should have both. Do armrests. people really need to be told this? If you're on the window seat, you lean towards the window and you get to look out the window. If you're in the aisle seat, you lean towards the aisle and you get the you get to stick your leg out there when they're not pulling the drink cart. If I'm fucked and in the middle seat, I get both armrests. Yeah, but do you ever have the person that just wants to share the armrest so their arm <sighs> touches your arm? Or they fight you, you know, like a bro who's all aggro, and he's like trying to push your elbow, and you're like, oh, really? We're going to do this? We're going to do a feat of strength to see who gets it? I don't even like contact at that point. Which is another – do you want to just – this can just become the Wackerly plane the Wackerly travel aviation rants. rant. This is why dude, dudes wearing shorts 
dude, your leg's touching my leg, and now your fucking leg skin and hair are touching my leg. Put some fucking pants on. I mean, we're basically who, like spooning each other now. Who flies with shorts on? Tons of dudes. And they're, and you know what? It's not even like regular like shorts. Now it's like mesh shorts. Like basically you're wearing your underpants on the plane. You mean like basketball job. shorts? Yes. You yeah, don't that, see this, and then they can't, movies. and they can't wear shoes. It's got to be flip flops, right? Because they don't. They, Tevas. Oh, I want to be able to take it off at the uh, security and easily put it back on because I don't know. I fucking don't know how to tie my shoes. Tevas is what they do. Oh no, like, I see straight up flip flops. You know the one that goes through the toe thongs. I thought there was a dress code for planes. Like you couldn't there wear, wear an offensive shirt. I thought you had to wear pants if you're a man. Yeah, that should be the rule. And if you don't, have, if you get there with pants on, they should give you like one of those like paper jumpsuits that you have to put on. <laughs> like they give you in prison when you're being like you know probed. What if you're a Scottish man? You want to wear a kilt? No, kilt's not allowed. Because <laughs> I mean that's even worse. Because now like your ball smell is wafting out the hole in the bottom. <laughs> Good lord. So what was this old man wearing? <laughs> I don't know. Probably trousers. <laughs> but. So anyway, she moves because she's an idiot. And girl, that's my first lesson to you is don't fucking move. Second lesson is when you move for the man and he starts talking to you, you just be like, yeah, I'm listening to my headphones in this shitty middle seat. So just be happy with your goddamn aisle seat that I gave up for you. That's why you should always travel with headphones and mm -hmm. just put them in. Even if just you're not listening in. to music. Even if the person's still talking to you, just be like, yeah. Put them in. Yeah, just put mid sentence. Put them in. Well, the, the best thing about that is like, and sunglasses. Sunglasses and headphones are a must for the plane. Well, you must. You mustn't worry about being rude to this person. You'll never see them again after ninety minutes. It's not rude. <laughs> this is special plane. If you were out in the street, yes, and some old lady's talking to you, you don't just put your headphones in. But this is plane rules. Plane etiquette. Plane etiquette. Oh, I'm putting my headphones in. Are you talking? Yeah, I'm not going to listen to the end of your sentence. Headphones go in. I usually, what I do is I have my headphones in the whole time. So I'm sitting down with my headphones in. So there's no chance for anyone to talk to me. Right. Unless there's, I mean, if I sit down next to an attractive girl, maybe then I might try to take my headphones Oh, see, out. now you're the guy. Well, if she, she's putting if, her headphones in and being like, good Christ. If she's trying to talk to me, I think I've sat next to she's an attractive girl to talk to you. one time my entire adulthood on a plane. Was she trying to talk to you? I did actually talk to one attractive girl on the on the flight back from. Uh, Was she New trying Ormans. to talk to you? She asked me a question, huh? and so uh, it just we just Was started it, talking. What's that smell? <laughs> oh, it's my fucking breath. <laughs> Was that a fart or a burp? I don't know. It's an earthquake. <laughs> We're in the air. <laughs> Whoops! Earthquake. <laughs> Plane quake. Watch out for the after <laughs> Ugh, shock. <laughs> oh god. So anyway, what happened here? Well, he starts talking to her, and she engages in conversation with him. Idiot. It started off just social, however, turned sexual in nature. Which... Kind of horny Why don't you man. stop the conversation right there? She's not comfortable <laughs> with this. No. No means no. How old is this girl? This. 15. Ooh, maybe, yeah, minor. Pretty young. Severely minor. Yeah, she's very young. 15-year-old girls look 15. They're not like, I thought she was 18 because she's 17. And if you're 66, don't even be fucking going for an 18-year-old girl. It's still fucking weird as hell. And she's flying to Utah, right? Yeah. So she probably is one of those girls who's religious. Maybe she's Mormon. She's grown up you know, learning to respect her elders. So she probably, probably was it. too respectful 
to yeah. tell the guy to shut the fuck up. You see what happens, Mormons? Yeah, see, Mormons, speak up for yourself. Don't have any respect for old people. Generally, <laughs> they, they're terrible people. Anyways, the guy starts, it turns sexual, and she still keeps talking, and he, here's a quote from what he said. She said he said this. He, she's only, she's only listed as KD because she's a minor, minor. He said, I could teach you things sexually that boys your age cannot. (laughs) He added that we should drive, you should drive with me, uh, and that in the state of Utah, we could marry at your current age, which I guess the age of consent in Utah is 15. Is he correct? Or is that just his opinion? I don't know, but I mean that's exceedingly creepy. Yeah, I, I you know I want to know about these sex moves he's talking about. Yeah. <laughs> Look how long a man's balls can get. Boys your age don't know about this. Yeah, what like is he going to do? Like around tie, his neck? Yeah, wrap the balls around her face. <laughs> like, I don't I don't understand what he's going to do. I call this the serpentine. <laughs> what is he going to use a pump to like pump up his dick? Yeah. See, you young whippersnappers don't have the dick pump. <laughs> Did they have any sexual moves like back in the 50s that we just don't have anymore? Like what? Before the Dirty Sanchez? Yeah, like I bet you something involving like, you know, one of those big fur coats that men wore to football games or. I call this one the Harvey Wallbanger. <laughs> I was just about to say the Harvey <laughs> Wallbanger. God damn it. Back in my day, the Shirley Temple. <laughs> When you're Which is pretty creepy in itself. <laughs> sexualizing Shirley Temple, who's like five years old. I bet this guy probably has moves like that. But that would be bad enough, right? All the sex talk from this old fucking dirty piece of shit. Uh, but then he actually progressed to touching and rubbing her leg and upper thigh. Jesus. Uh, she got extremely nervous and wanted this to end. <laughs> so they finally get They touched uh, Which brings up the point. I mean... Airplane rows have generally three seats, right? <laughs> I mean, she moved to the aisle, or she moved to the center. So he was in the aisle, which implies somebody's seat. about the window. What yeah. was that person doing? Headphones well, in. Just, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Nothing. I'm just oblivious, ignoring it, willfully ignoring it, maybe. Just reading the paper. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to read the Sky Mall catalog. Look at that. Stairs to get for your dog to get under your bed. Never even knew I needed that, but I guess I do. What I don't understand about this girl, you have an old man touching your thigh. You see that little button with the mm. little the little lady icon well, she's on only it? fifteen. Why she would doesn't she know about the button? Why wouldn't she touch the button to call the uh, stewardess over? Yeah, repeatedly just boom. Or how come she doesn't stand up and be like, Get your fucking hands off me, you gross old pervert? That's a good one too. Yeah, I don't know. Because you know what, you know what happens then. Some other dudes on the plane might beat the fuck out of him, which would be entertaining. And then probably pull out zip ties and hog tie him and bring yeah, him in the back. Into the chair. Yeah, it's like what? she missed a prime opportunity. Well, she did once they touch down. She runs off the plane. <laughs> I guess she's not taking him up on the offer to go to Utah with him. <laughs> And she goes and find found a TSA agent and told the TSA guy that she was the sexual assault of the sexual assault of which she was just a victim. Uh, this dude, <laughs> he sees her talking to the TSA agent. So he goes into the closest gift shop he can find and bought a black jacket to put over his shirt, which they are, sa- they are thinking was, uh, 
you know, their alleging was uh, yeah, a method to avoid detection, but they still found him. It's clandestine. This guy, this guy actually has done this action before. He's probably done this before. Hmm. I mean, who? I would, don't know. Who would think to be like, okay, to avoid detection, I'm going to go slip into this this gift shop and then just kind of change jackets. Maybe he had one of those inside-out jackets. <laughs> reversible. <laughs> Do they still make those reversible oh, yeah. jackets? Yeah, I had one recently. <laughs> it's great for crimes. We should you're doing make crimes. We should make a sick and wrong reversible jacket. Yeah, it's got your face on one side, mine on the other. Yours, uh, yeah. <laughs> you just slip it back on. Maybe a reversible underwear. That would be pretty cool too, but no one's going to see it. If you're in a molest a chick on a plane, you need a reversible jacket, like black on one side and flip it around. It's white. <laughs> Oreo cookie style. It is, there is, it is good for crimes, though, yeah, because you can just – you're like the master of disguise at that point. Like, oh, I don't know. He had a blue jacket on. He was old, creepy. He had a fucking giant weird mustache, white hair. I don't know. That guy has a black jacket. <laughs> must not be him. He is old, creepy with a mustache, but yeah, he's got a black, black jacket. jacket. Uh, abort. We uh, did not find him. He had a black jacket on. <laughs> I wonder if he pulls out like the nose and glasses and mustache and just puts yeah. flips flips a jacket around. It's undetected, master Sunglasses. of disguise. It's like Harry that. Crumb. Yeah, he's well. The FBI is involved because this is on a plane, so it's technically not in a state. It was between states, and he's being held on uh, two felony counts of sexual abuse of a minor on an aircraft, <laughs> which is worse. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, held without bail. Is this guy like a sex tourist? Is that what he does? Flies, just flies Delta and just molests and diddles. It doesn't young say girls. where he was going, but it, it, they somebody found his Facebook. He he posted a Facebook message, which I'm not going to read because it's just irritating. He's trying to be cute, but it sounds like he's too old to be on Facebook. He's never covered as much ground of such diversity and using as many modes of transport as what he's attempting today. So he's on his way somewhere. Hmm. Probably Thailand. I mean, why would you, if you live in Los Angeles, why would you go to Salt Lake City? You wouldn't. So he's going somewhere else. To get his child wives. (laughs) His child bride. (laughs) I just don't, I just don't get it. It's like of all the places to try to molest a girl, maybe lure her into your car, go off into the woods somewhere. You get her in the toilet. You find one who's, who's a goer and you get her in the toilet. You don't just like, you know, this one obviously wasn't into it. I mean, it's, you're on a plane. I mean, there's no way to, there's no method of escape there's no escape no. plan here you're sitting next to i mean the, i just uh, this guy is one of the worst pedophiles i've ever heard he'd get kicked out of nambla i mean this yeah might... well, maybe this was his first time then he just botched it no, seriously like a guy a guy like this this is the type of guy i imagined who just like yeah i'm going to thailand for a couple of weeks never been married you know that's <laughs> oh, this really? is his vacation it's like oh yeah bill he's going to thailand for a couple nobody weeks. knows <laughs> No one can tell Pervert. what you're doing. <laughs> like the Grecian formula thing from uh, Seinfeld. <laughs> no one can tell why you went to Thailand. I think the lesson learned here is just put your headphones on when you're in the plane and just don't talk to old people. Ever. Ever. Yeah, ever. Uh, people, mail your stories. Stick around podcast at uh, hotmail.com. Got a few phone calls. Wackily. Before we get to our first phone call, here's a word from our sponsor. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. 
Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. People, you can call the Sick and Wrong hotline at 206-666-3846. Remember to leave the message under three minutes in length, because if it's over three minutes, we're not going to play it. Uh, the first call we got here, this is a short one, and, uh, and it relates to the intro call that you heard at the beginning of the show. Uh, this guy, uh, if you actually wackily didn't get to hear it yet, but this guy said he was going to go check out Blue Velvet, one of my favorite movie. movies. And uh, I know Wackley likes that movie a lot. So in the beginning of the show, he said- I've I'm actually gonna... never seen that movie in its entirety. <laughs> what, do you pass out by the end? Yeah, or I've always like walked in while somebody already had it started, and then I catch the end, or I see the middle, but never from you know opening credits to ending credits. It's it's an incredible movie, Wankley, and I think I do you like watch David it Lynch. That's a that's a great, but this is a great David Lynch movie, and Dennis Hopper is amazing in it. Isabella Rossellini, everything about this movie is amazing. Laura Dern. Um, anyway, this guy said he's going to check it out and let us know what he thinks a little later. So here here it is. This is uh, this guy's opinion of Blue Velvet. What's up, guys? So I just uh, finished watching Blue Velvet. Uh, it's pretty good. It's not the masterpiece D made it out to, to be. But <laughs> it's, fucking dick. It's all right. <laughs> it's not. I feel the same way bad. about uh, Dune. And a half. About Dune? Yeah. What if, uh, okay. I wait. think it was really good, but then you watch it and you're like, yeah, this movie kind of sucks. <laughs> It also was too David long. It was too long. It's too long and goofy, and I in my mind, it's really good. I would have preferred to see Jodorowsky's Dune. Did you hear about that? Well, are you going to watch the movie about Jodorowsky's Dune? Yeah, but did did you hear he's trying to make this movie? It's like as if you're on acid. Right. It was just like this insane movie. It's like okay, you know, it yeah. might be cool, but <laughs> then I don't think they ever ended up uh, doing it. I don't know if he just failed to get funding. Surprise, surprise. He should do. He should remake it. Why not? Yeah, now, do he it now. Is, now he's famous. Yeah, no, Jodorowsky's... He's and, his own money. And then he's he also, can, like, and really CGI old. is cheap. You know what? I'm trying to think of... Uh, I like most of David Lynch's movies, actually. And some of the Lost Highway had its, you know, had its moments. I like my, that one. My favorite David Lynch movie, and the most quotable lines come from Blue Velvet. I don't know what this guy's problem is. The lukewarm, tepid response to it. Out of 10. Something like that. 6.5 out of 10. All right, thanks. Yeah, what, what do you give The Godfather, you prick? What about Rosemary's Baby? Chinatown. Probably like Chinatown's Chinatown. okay. I would say, you know, Jack Nicholson's okay. It's probably it's a 6 out of 10. What do you think he gives a 9 out of 10? Michael uh, Bay movies like The Transformers? <laughs> no, nobody does that. I bet you, you this know, guy... Maybe he's a big fan of Missing in Action or... Uh... I bet you this guy likes Jason Statham movies. Like that that type of action movie. That's what I'm thinking. Like there's just not enough action in Blue Velvet. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. You Why know can't what? you just let him not like it? Why you got to be like that? Well, it's fine. I, I don't care. I mean, you, you seem fine. You seem really worked up. No, okay. I just feel that this guy <laughs> shouldn't have even watched it in the first place, all right? <laughs> if you're not going to go into Blue Velvet with an open wow. fucking mind, you're like taking just your don't ball watch and going it. home. You didn't well, deserve the movie. I, I don't think he did. 
I, I really think this guy went in there and was like, oh, D, D recommended this. I'm probably going to hate it. And then he watches it. Well, that's what happens, right? He's you know? trying to... Trying to be, he's trying, trying to be to show a contrarian. Did he? Did he get? I wasn't really even really listening to the call at all. Did he say like, you know, this movie did a better job of that type of thing? Because that's, you know, if no, you didn't like the, it, then what? What? There was no comparison. It, he just said six point yeah. five out of it's ten. Kind of it was all right. Way. It wasn't that good. I want to hear. Okay, you know, this guy should be the new movie critic of the show. I want to hear his opinion on some other movies. Just, just a number. Let's no say, constructive criticism or detailed analysis. Just, eh, no, nah, I didn't like it. Four. I'm going to start calling this guy Ebert. Ebert, you should call back here and let us know what you think of The Godfather. I mean, like, remember my brother? My brother is the best person to critique a movie. My brother's like, yeah, Godfather 3 is the best Godfather. Godfather 1 sucked. <laughs> and you're like, Jeff, why? I don't know. I liked it. Just sucked. It was you better. He told me it was boring. Like Okay, I want to hear what this dude thinks about Goodfellas. Ebert, you should call in and let us know about Goodfellas. <laughs> it's a good movie. See, I can't, I'm, I'm of the opinion that that would probably be like his favorite movie. Goodfellas? Goodfellas, yeah. Because Goodfellas, it's, it, it's action-packed, but it's still legitimately, you can tell, if somebody was like, that's my favorite movie, you'd be like, fair enough. Okay, what about Reservoir Dogs? Do I think that that's good, or do I think that this guy would like I, no, it? I want to know what Ebert thinks of Reservoir Dogs. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's just think. Okay, pick out three critically acclaimed movies and, find, and, and to, for Ebert to review for us. Okay. I'm going to say uh, On Godfather. Golden Pond, <laughs> okay. and her sisters, and on, Sophie's Choice. All right, Sophie's Choice, him if it's not. On Golden Pond, and uh, what was the other one? Fried Green Tomatoes. <laughs> What if, I've never what if, seen any of these movies. What do you say? Ebert's but I just like want to make him watch woman. them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> beaches. Okay, beaches. Let us know what you think of that. All right, here's it's another. Uh, here's another movie-related um, phone call. Hi, uh, this is Luke from Thunder Bay. I'm calling on behalf of Stanley the Welder. Stanley the Welder would like to know if you think Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landing and made The Shining as a subliminal confession. Also, uh, he doesn't like your caller from London, Ontario, who says Canadians don't say A. We all say A. And we're fucking okay. proud. And we're fucking proud. Okay, bye. <laughs> I like that the welder can't make his own call, but he's like in the peanut gallery. Do you think he welded his mouth shut? Like, why, why can't he call? Or does he not own a cell phone? Well, no, maybe his hands... Uh, from welding have been completely desensitized and he can't push the buttons or hold the receiver. You think you think he's burned himself so many times the skins fused together and they're just flippers? Yeah, I mean Claws. he can still hold 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 the welding torch because or else you would yeah. call him the welder, but he can't you know operate a phone. Yeah, well, uh, so apparently, uh, apparently, I uh, forgot the question. No, he was apparently Stanley the welder. I uh, saw the documentary Room Two Three Seven about The Shining. Do you ever see that? Yes. I mean, it's, it's pretty interesting. Not the kind of movie you can watch with a girl. No. <laughs> or actually with anybody else. You really need to watch it just by yourself. Yeah, talk about a movie that's uh, – that, that one I think it took me a couple times to get through. You know, you're tired on the week. During the week, you're going to get up early for work. You start watching that movie and then it's, all of a sudden you wake up and you're like, oh, shit, it's done. What <gasps> happened? having a wet dream <laughs> about – but what's what's the shining? About Shelly Duvall. <laughs> she bit my balls. It sucked. <laughs> Those are eyeballs. I was trying to give Those her a rabbit goggles. It was scary. Um, 
Room 237 had a, a lot of different theories about that movie. One of which was the, uh, the, that Kubrick faked the moon landing and, and showed evidence of that in The Shining. Mm-hmm. And, and did you see how well, people like, said that, but you know, before even the evidence, they just thought, but they looked because he the did 2001 it, and the effects at the time were so good. They're like, well, if anybody could have done it, it would have been him. Well, and, and they said that he gave evidence that he did it in The Shining, and like the, well, yeah. the, well, the 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 hints and the, uh, the the evidence that they give is so spurious. It's like the kids wearing a sweater with a rocket on it and a moon, right. and oh, there you go. And uh, <laughs> and the carpet like, or, looked like the launch pad. Yeah, I mean, the carpet looked like the launch pad. I think at one point they're like, and there was a picture of like a you know a space station in the background. You know, in the background of the, the hotel director, it's just like, okay, all right, well, uh, let's just take a bunch of random images and associate them together and say, okay, Kubrick faked the moon landing. No, I don't think Kubrick well, faked the moon landing. Well, that's what conspiracy theorists do. Well, that, but there were some. It's false pattern recognition. But there were some theories, though, in that movie that, that could be plausible. I'm trying to think of that. They're, I'm trying to think of what. It's been a while since I've seen it. Well, they but, weren't all conspiracy theories. Some of them were more like you know literary or, criticism based. Like this movie's about is really about the way that the, uh, the United States treated, treated the American the Native Americans. Yeah. Which yeah, you can't argue. You're like, well, that's a valid theory, and they they and there were know. hints throughout that uh, that that supported that. Right. But yeah, but then some of them are way off base. Didn't they didn't they have some about the Nazis? I there was some kind I can't. of it's, it was there's about there's like seven different segments in the movie and I can't remember. But them. some of them were completely really outlandish and then there were some that were somewhat plausible. It's still entertaining to hear the people's crazy theories. And, and it's interesting to see that somebody's watched this movie and analyzed this movie so many like so thoroughly that they're able to pick out these like symbols and these elements. It was, it was a fascinating movie. I actually interviewed the director on uh, the on the Obscenesters a while ago. Uh, it was a pretty cool guy. And it was an interesting I – mean, even he was like, yeah, some of these people kind of frighten me, uh, these conspiracy theorists. But, I mean, do you really think Kubrick faked the moon landing? Why would we want to fake the moon landing? Well, it's the whole Russian thing, right? We were trying to – it was a psyops thing. We were, we were trying to make it seem as if we were superior, even though clearly we weren't. Yeah, but I mean, okay, it, I understand. Okay, maybe they're doing that building during the, the arms race buildup. And we're mm-hmm. trying to posture to, to, to make it seem like we were mightier than we actually were. But but now we sent rovers to Mars. We sent people multiple lunar well, landings. Maybe those are all fake too. Yeah, do, do you, to are those fake? Is that is that rover with a camera that's on Mars? Is that fake? My favorite comparison is like that. Uh, you know, we we put three men on the moon or two or however many that was in like four years. But uh, nowadays they can't even get like a working website for Obamacare in four years. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. I don't know. I've never put much uh, stock in the faked moon landing theory. But yeah, I, guess... I know. I think we really did go to the moon, but maybe, but this, but, but uh, this is what, you know, the conspiracy theorists love it. Like you're just a sheep, man. Believe what you're told. Yeah, pretty much I do. Yeah, but you know, when I went to um, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, mm-hmm. uh, they, they had like pieces of moon rock. It they had what... pieces of rock. <laughs> <laughs> Did you taste it? Were you like, oh, that's yeah, clearly moon this rock. This is moon rock. Tastes like moon rock. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good movie, though. Room 237. You should definitely check it out. What was the significance of the room? 
That wasn't that the room where uh, like the guys were in costumes and <laughs> that, that's where all like the the weirdness happened, like the murders. Like he was told uh, not to go in that. I room, did read right? the book, The Shining, in after I saw the movie, and then I watched the movie again, and I don't remember. <laughs> I mean, in the movie, that's where the creepy, sexy lady's there, but then she turns into an old, rotted lady. Yeah. Wasn't it in the bathtub, right? And Dick Hall- Dick Halloran says, okay, the significance is in the book and the movie that uh, Dick Halloran, who's played by Scatman Crothers, which I don't think anybody would he was also that stage he, name anymore. He also was a uh, clairvoyant. He also has The Shining. The Shining. He figures out that Danny has The Shining. And he knows they're going to stay up there all winter, and he's fine with that. But he says, Danny, you know, this hotel has some ghosts and weird things, but don't worry about it. It's all just pictures in your head. It's fine. Except <laughs> don't go near room 237. Yeah. So he and I don't remember why room. room 237 was worse than the rest of the hotel. But, yeah, I guess somebody was. It's because No, it's because an old lady. The rotted corpse. It was the rotted corpse of that woman, right? In the story, which I don't, I think maybe you get it in the book better than the movie, but she, there was this old lady who stayed at the hotel and she had some like young hustler there with her because she was rich and uh, something went down with the young hustler and she, I think she committed suicide in that room and it was especially, you know, psychically bad and that's why her ghost was still in there and that's why and she, But she was like a rotting, a rotting corpse. So if, you know, they found her in the bathtub, yeah, all rotted away. But if uh, Danny was a necrophiliac, he might have enjoyed that room. Right. But Dick Halloran was psychic, so he knew that Danny was – he mostly liked ice cream, yeah. not fucking <laughs> rotted pussies. <laughs> All right. The uh, third call here uh, came from a guy that we gave a recent – we recently gave him a new nickname. Joggles. Remember that guy? Yeah, hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, the newly nicknamed Joggles. All right, so I, I just... I like how he just accepted this nickname, mate. That's okay, cool. Okay, Joggles. Let's me know. Joggles. There you are. Okay, Joggles. I'll just scratch it because I, I actually have an update for you guys. Uh, the, the teacher who was sleeping with the uh, the Islamic student uh, just pleaded... Uh, I don't even know. She's like, got to take sex offender status for the rest of her life uh, and 10 years probation, no jail time. So really, is that even a crime? But then again, she can't really drink or get high or, you know. So, I mean, maybe maybe it is a pretty intense punishment. Um, so, yeah, that's more for you guys. Later. So, wait a second. If you're a sex offender and you're on probation, you can't drink? How do they monitor know. that? I mean, I can well, see. Well, they have the ankle monitors that test your blood alcohol level. Have you heard of this? Yeah, but she's she didn't get a DUI. Would she have to wear an ankle monitor for the rest for of her 10 life? Ten years. It's going to start to stink. <laughs> see, I don't think they they don't give sex offenders ankle monitors. She's on probation. Maybe they you do. can drink. She well, might not be a able lot to of these drugs. things. Uh, a lot of these things are like if you got caught with child porn, but they don't send you to the jail. But they're like, well, you're not allowed to use a computer. And, like, you can go buy a computer and use it. It's just if they find out later, you're going to be in extra trouble. So this is kind of like, yeah, obviously you can drink, but you're not supposed to drink. And if we find – if you do something else and we find out that you were drinking, we're going to throw the book, the book at you. So if she if she's posting pictures of herself with a bunch of green beads laid out on a bar on St. Patrick's Day – she will get green beans, then. beads, green beads. Oh, no, you, you see all the girls wearing. I love how like you see all these homeless people who must have found the green beads on the ground, and they're just walking around with the green bead necklaces. 
Like, Actually, wow. I have some green. You know what's funny? Do you have green beaded a green beaded necklace? <laughs> oh, you totally do. <laughs> this is from like five years ago. I forgot I hung it up here on this bulletin board. <laughs> But uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised about this. Do you think there's a double standard going on here? Like, if, if this guy, yeah, was... and I'm fine with it. If it was a dude, he should be in jail. But she, because she's a lady, she's not. So if there's a dude that was 25, or, not, or she's like 25, and he was fucking a 17 year old student, you think this dude should go to jail for 10 years? Yeah. But the but the girl fucking no. a 17 year old student, no. No. And, and why do you think this? Because the sexes are different. Boys and girls are different. <laughs> sexes are different. Their brains are different. You know, society's different. For different motivations. Men, males and females. Even though she was carrying on. I mean, the, the guy, uh, that, the, the fact that this 17-year-old kid went crazy and, like, wouldn't leave her alone. Like, what a fucking asshole. He should be in jail. Like, yeah. dude, you're 17. You fucking tagged this 25-year-old teacher. And she doesn't like you anymore, and she's not your life partner. Like, fucking relax, dude. You're 17. There's a lot more time to get a lot more pussy. Yeah, but, I mean, the kid doesn't know any better. He's so young. He's probably the first girl he's ever uh, mm. he's At ever 17, I would have known better. So, okay, let's, let's think of another hypothetical here. Let's say you met this girl on OkCupid, okay. and uh, you went on a date with her. Right. She's like, oh, I can't go to the bar. Fine. You meet for coffee. You go have some coffee. The next thing you know, you go to another date. She's like, oh, I can't go to the bar. You're like, uh, all right. Mm. And so then you go ice skating. And then you hang out. You go, you go to a restaurant, third date. And you think you're going to shag. And she tells you, she's like, well, the reason I can't do it, I'm not allowed to drink because I'm a sex offender. Because a few years ago, I had a sexual relationship with a 16-year-old. So right now I'm on probation. But she's hot. She's an attractive woman. She's I'd like, be like, but you can really drink, though. <laughs> yeah, but well, would- no, the, the, the judge said I wouldn't. Yeah, but we just won't tell anybody. But would that be a we'll deal breaker? We'll have dinner at your place and we'll get a bottle of wine and I'll say I'm drinking it, but we'll both drink it. But would that be a deal breaker if she had no. sex with a 16-year-old? No. I'd All be right. like, that's weird. You don't do that shit anymore, do you? No, no. It was a bizarre time in my life. Okay. But you can really drink, right? <laughs> a 14-year-old. If, if she's adamant about not drinking, I'm, I'll be like, this is not going to So work. Okay, so what is worse in your opinion? The fact that she can't drink or the fact that she had sex with a, a 13-year-old? I think I'm making this clear. <laughs> you can't date somebody and not drink. Date, alcohol is the lubrication of early dating. Alcohol makes or breaks a relationship for Lance Wankerly. And wow. you. And no, every man. And me. I, I Unless the I'm only men that it doesn't are guys who are on the wagon or, or never drank. But the, you know, what are those Mormons? Like, you know, they're courting a girl and they, oh, I took her out for a soda. We saw a movie. But any, like, normal person... <laughs> Alcohol is how dating works because how else are you going to get naked in front of a fucking stranger? Well, no, it's a it's a good social lubricant. Like, oh, and I'm gonna I'm totally sober and I'm moving ecstasy in helps. to grab your titty. It's like weird. Well, I gotta say though, there, there's a kiss couple. Kiss me. We're totally sober and we don't even know each other. I'm gonna kiss you on the lips. There are different <laughs> factors though that make me consider or evaluate a uh, the the health of a relationship. I think uh, alcohol. The fact that she doesn't drink, drink alcohol that's a major consideration. Uh, the fact that she was a pedophile that's also an issue for me. Yeah, pedophile. <laughs> the dude was 17. Okay, I'm just saying. If she was but... like, oh, I raped a nine-year-old when I was 25. Then I'd be like, okay, we're done. All right, what would be worse, though? The nine-year-old or the fact that she doesn't drink? The nine-year-old. Because <laughs> I'd be like, that's really, you, you're fucked in the head. Why, why were you, like, 
sucking on a nine-year-old's cock again. And she's like, oh, I was really drunk. He's very mature for his age. Jaeger. <laughs> You're just like, How oh, did okay. you get a nine-year-old into your house that wasn't your own child? Jaeger. <laughs> Kids don't like Jaeger. People call the Sigurong Hotline, 206-666-3846. I've got a quick uh, email here from Adam. He says, Lance, you're slightly mistaken about the definition of squids. They typically don't wear full gear, but most importantly, they take big risks in an irresponsible manner, like doing wheelies on the 405 at 80 miles per hour. Amongst other sport bike riders, squids are the lowest of the low. They give riders of all ilks a bad rap and as such are disdained by mature riders. So that's, Thank you uh, for correcting the finer points of my motorcycle slang. That, that's what it is. Uh, keep uh, the shiny side up and keep up the prong craft you hate. Cheers to you as well, Simon, even if you are a Jew. Regards, Adam. So uh, thank you, Adam. I, I thought people love squids. That's why they gave him such an affectionate name. <laughs> squids. <laughs> people, thanks for listening to the show on iTunes, leaving us a comment and a rating. You can just go to iTunes, do a search for Sick and Wrong. Subscribe, rate, comment. We appreciate it. it. Helps boost visibility for the show. Another good way to uh, help help the show is to buy a T-shirt at the Sick and Wrong store. Sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. We have the white logo tees. There will be black T-shirts coming uh, coming up soon. Uh, but right now we um, we have our new, not new, but we have our Sick and Wrong logo tees. I also have They Live stickers that are available. So if you buy a logo tee, we will also give you a five-pack of They Live Sick and Wrong stickers. Go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. Finally, here's Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. I want to dedicate this to a, uh, to a hero of mine, personal inspiration, one of my favorite bands of all time, lead singer of one of my favorite bands of all time, uh, who passed away last Monday, Dave Brocky, Odorous Arungus from the Vanguard, one of our favorite bands. Uh, yeah, was that with, with a heavy heart? I found out last last uh, Sunday that he died at the age of fifty. Just found him on his roommate, found him on bandmate and roommate, found him on the couch, just was dead. He drugs? No, I don't know. Fifty years old. He, he wasn't like an overweight guy either. So I'm assuming drugs, but they haven't like. I don't think they've uh, actually released any kind of information about his death. Hmm. There's been a surprising amount of praise for Brocky in the media from. Uh, metal musicians across the board to even John Stewart, which I was surprised by on the daily show. He had uh, Gibby Haynes from the butthole surfers on and Gibby had like guar written across his forearm. And then John he was St- in a lot of their movies, which I think I have a couple of VHS copies. I could imagine uh, the butthole surfers being into guar, but John Stewart was really into guar and they started reminiscing about it. And I was thinking, you know, guar was one of those bands that like, you can always remember the first time you saw them. Because you're just like, it feels hey, like the first time. Well, you you just remember it. I remember like uh, the the first time I ever saw Guar was in uh, I think it was in Pontiac, Michigan. And yeah, I drove that's out, where I saw him too. I drove out there and uh, I didn't, you know, I'd seen them or I'd heard them before. I just didn't realize that you'd get just you know soaked with blood and alien cum or whatever it is that they shot out of the monster dick cannon. And so I was covered in blood, just red blood in my hair, my face. Yeah, and then I uh, get a T-shirt. Now, you know, I was just wearing, I think I was just wearing like a black t-shirt and just, I was covered in blood. And so then I, I was on my way back home. It was like a good 40 minute drive. And I stopped at a gas station to get cigarettes. And the gas station attendant was like, holy shit, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Let's take a pack of camels. And he's like, you want me to call like an ambulance? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm fine. Uh, 
okay? And so then I got my cigarettes and I went back home and then I went to go take a piss and I was like, oh shit, just covered in blood. I mean, it must look like I got into a traffic accident or something. Right. I'm surprised the gas station attendant didn't know Guar. It's <laughs> like, no. Oh, you're at the Guar show? Yeah, shit, I had to work. I would have been there. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised because you think that's their uh, demographic. Right. But he will be missed, and I think we should tip our glasses to Odorous. To Odorous. Oh, maybe I'll try and like download one of the – because I don't have a VHS player anymore. I'll have to like find on YouTube to, of one of the like, scum dogs of the universe or something. I had, I had that on tape. That's what Remember? I'm saying. I have it on oh, – that was the tape. But what's the movie called? If I could see around this door – I could see it. But I would have yeah. to look. Now, I had I had that on tape. I had a bunch of uh, what's the one with Saddam and Gogo? I don't remember. I don't remember either. <laughs> um, but they were they were a great band. They're definitely going to be missed. And I, I I can't think of another band that has has a live show that's on par with Guar. And who who knows? I mean, I I can't really There's, see them. What continuing. was the band that all wore masks that just suck and they just completely like ripped Green off Jello. Guar. Remember them? No, later than that. Slipknot. Slipknot. Yeah, like, the, what the fuck? Not at the same level. That's the thing that no. Guar, Guar like satirized popular culture and right. politicians. It wasn't just and, a rock show. It was no. like a show. It was, it was an, like a, a full-on Broadway show. Broadway play. And, and that's well, the thing. And, but it was, it was also a show that, uh, you know, that they continued to develop years on. Like I, I saw them, it was a couple years ago, and they had like a Mitt Romney you know, guy come out that they he chopped his head off. They had a, an Obama. They had a Hillary Clinton and a Michelle Bachman. I was like, yeah, this is great. Social commentary here. I'm, I'm, I will miss that band. I was definitely, uh, it is always upsetting when you see a musician that you actually respect, admire, die. So, so in, in, in that vein, um, in a tribute to Dave Brocky, Odorous and Rungus from Guar, we're going to play Sick of You. Uh, from Scum, Scum Dogs of the Universe as the Sick Wrong Song of the Week. That's probably the best one. That's probably my favorite Guar song. The main reason it's my favorite well, I'm song. I'm saying the album. Yeah, I think that was probably hands down the best Guar album. But Sick of You is one of my favorite songs just because that's the best song to torture strippers who don't tip. Because none of them like Guar. And you just play I'm So Sick of You and it has you know, that double meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, great band. So we're going to end the show here with Sick of You, dedicated to Odorous. People will be back next week with episode 426. Till then, take it sleazy. Good night.
heard something about people protesting Ronnie J's funeral. I didn't know about that. I just heard he died. And that was sad. I love Ronnie. He was cool. Who would protest that? Love Jeff Hanneman, too. God damn it. It's true. Only the good die young.